Welcome to What's Next, Hornet Global's podcast that puts members on the mic for thought-provoking, profession-shaping conversations and commentary. In this week's episode, we speak with Chris Kane, founder and director of Six Ideas, about reimagining the workplace for the 21st century. Chris, it's great to have you here for this edition of What's Next. Hi, uh, Tim, and it's great to be with you, and I hope all is well with you and your folks in, in the U.S. Yes, we are, and I hope the same for you and yours, Chris. Thank you very much. You're welcome, and thank you. Chris, I think you and I go back 20 years or so, and you've been involved in Cornet Global probably for even longer than that. You're recognized as one of the true thought leaders in corporate real estate. Your career has seen you lead the property function for the BBC, where you carried out some truly transformational initiatives. Before that, I believe you led property in EMEA for the Walt Disney Company. And after that, I think you were with Jones Lang Wooten. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yep. And so that's a rich set of career experiences. And now you're a founder and director of Six Ideas, which as I understand it is a global community of thinkers and problem solvers, a consultancy which is working on some of the biggest challenges facing the corporate real estate profession. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new um, it's a little business designed to, you know, be um, to try and help every side of the equation in that we're, um, we're not brokers, we're not designers, and we try and provide independent objective insight into this very different world we're all facing. Exactly. Now you've written a book. It's called Where Is My Office? Reimagining the Workplace for the 21st Century. That title itself poses a superb question, one that doubtless resonated with many office workers before the onset of COVID-19, and now I'm sure resonates even more powerfully and on a personal level, given where things have taken us over these, these past months with lockdowns, mandates, offices being closed due to the obvious health and safety concerns, widespread take up of remote working and so on. So tell us, why did you write this book? Oh, that's a great question, Tim. Uh, you know, I never thought in my career that I'd end up uh, writing a book, but I think having learned a lot and met a lot of great people, yourself included, in my journey of learning over the last 30 years, I've given up counting. I suppose there's three reasons, really. Um, one was I got fed up uh, people saying, how do we make our case to the C-suite? So I wanted to write a book that would help um, business leaders understand how to make better use of commercial real estate and to overcome this problem of, uh, of the negative perceptions. Like, for example, here in Britain, um, the British property industry did a survey a couple of years back where 73% of the chorus of the uh, respondents or those who, survey, who were surveyed said they had a negative perception of real estate. So I wanted to play my bit in that. But also, uh, as you say, I've been extremely fortunate to have had some remarkable um, things happen in my career. And I wanted to share all the insights and learning again from particularly helping the BBC move move from analog to digital. And last but not least, I really wanted to start a, a debate about making smarter use of the office, one that's more flexible, sustainable, focused on the human aspects, not just the building. And I had no idea that 
COVID-19 was around the, the corner from when I was writing this, I finished and submitted the manuscript on February 28th. Little did I realize that the this dreadful pandemic, which is affecting everybody right across the world, was was knocking on our doors and has had the impact it's had over the last few months. Okay. Now, in the time we have um, today, Chris, obviously you can't begin to cover everything you've included in that book. But what are a few of the main findings, the most important takeaways that corporate real estate practitioners will will find of value? Well, I suppose the first thing was a bit of learning in the last few months and that I was um, I was interviewed for Forbes and I learned all about a Brody moment. And for those film buffs who are listeners will remember that famous Jaws scene where um, Sheriff Brody was looking at this massive shark and said, we're going to need a bigger ship. And I think that's where the, the property industry is facing something really big unprecedented. And I hear a lot of people talking about making comparisons between this dreadful period and the, the dot-com bubble and the, the crash or the GFC downturn. This is not only a game changer, this is changing the entire stadium. Good point. Good point. That's a great way of saying it. Okay. You know, and the um, I think the um, COVID has really acted as sort of, I guess, a rocket fuel for changes that were already taking place because many of us have been talking about the impact of technology, the arrival of agile working, all of this stuff. You know, you look at corporate America, you and I have talked about the last few years, how the love affair of cubes has, has, has fallen to one side. And I describe this paradigm shift in the book as the shift from fixed to fluid. So we need as real estate folk, workplace specialists, whatever label you want to put, we need to adjust our thinking to away from just, you know, a fixed portfolio or a state to thinking about providing spaces that enable the business to do great work on a platform or a network of spaces and places. And I think, the, okay. you know, if you think about all of that, then, you know, people are saying that um, offices are dead or whatever. Offices are not dead and they're not obsolete, but maybe the system of providing and consuming them is. I think that's where, you know, and that's why I use the, the phrase rethinking. Um, you know, we need a real a complete rethink of what of what this is all about. Um, and, you know, where is my office is my attempt to help that debate. Excellent. Okay. Chris, in the book, you introduced the concept of smart value. Um, what does that really mean and how can corporate real estate professionals benefit from that? Well, I, I talk in the book a lot about uh, the need for fresh perspectives and to stand back from our you know day-to-day -day world of uh, doing great transactions, operating facilities in the best way and doing, uh, you know, really interesting designs and buildings to to see the wood for the trees or in your world, the forest for the trees. And Smart Value was actually born out of necessity when I was faced back at the BBC, which was probably a, a Brody moment for me, uh, and trying to get rid of redundant million square feet property called Television Centre. The market was non-existent. The BBC had unrealistic expectations and everyone I asked in the marketplace told me uh, it's, things are bad. You're better off mothballers and hope for the best in a few years time. So that wasn't acceptable. We um, actually used something completely novel 
a product development um, methodology to solve this using different ways of looking at the at the problem. And we harness the BBC brand and some lateral thinking to generate huge commercial value, operational effectiveness and, and considerable uh, social value. And that was a term which was unusual then for most people, but was very relevant for a public service body such as the BBC. It was really all about joining the dots between efficiency, effectiveness and experience and, and to realise, as I said in the book, that Leonardo has been saying this since the Middle Ages, that we have to recognise that everything sort of um, connects to, to everything else. And, you know, we need to think about how that works in, in our world today. And what we did was we harnessed marketing, HR, IT, finance, to come up with a business solution rather than a pure real estate solution. And the proof of the pudding was in the eating. No one believed we could do what our board said. You've got to go test this alongside a conventional deal. So we did. And market testing generated offers for a conventional sale of a development site for 90 million US dollars. For smart value, it produced 260 million US dollars plus operational benefits. And it also kickstarted the major regeneration of a depressed neighborhood. So smart value delivers enterprise value in the millions and social value in the billions. Excellent. And I remember now, uh, Chris, you're presenting on the topic you're referencing now, uh, the redevelopment and transformation of that property for the BBC. You spoke at one of our Cornet Global Summits, and it was great. So thank you for bringing our minds back to that. Yeah, thank you. Well, I think there's a, an opportunity there for corporate real estate executives to demonstrate their their uh, strategic value to their through their C-suites by saying, hey, guys, there's going to be a lot of surplus property around. We need to think in a smarter way to figure out how we can offload this uh, from our, um, our, our portfolio. Exactly. You know, we're all familiar with Uber, the ride service, and you foresee the Uberization of corporate real estate. Um, spin that out a little bit more and explain it for us. <laughs> I suppose that's probably quite a provocative statement, but the purpose of the book itself was to help business leaders better understand the corporate real estate industry, but also to see the link between a productive workforce and a productive workplace. And I use that Uber analogy to help folks see how there's now, for the first time ever, more choice available when it comes to selecting how a business leader or CEO will house their business. It'll be a mixture of fixed, fluid and on demand and work from home. But we also need to understand that the gig economy hasn't gone away and it was growing in importance. And it, all of this talks to the underlying agenda that everything is moving to on demand in the outside world. And our world is moving from, from fixed to fluid. But people, not only me, but uh, lots of other business writers like Charles Handy talked about the Shamrock Organization in his book, The Age of Unreason, way back in 1989. And so our love affair, if you will, with buildings, I think is really gone out the window. And we need to think much broader and laterally. And the Uberization of real estate is sort of a, a, a metaphor, if you will, to help people understand what's happening. It's no longer just about the deal or the design or the building. I think Paul Luciani, another Cornet Global member in Australia, uh, puts it uh, really well when he talks about that. 
And he's talking about the individual as the workplace, which has huge implications for corporate real estate. Wouldn't you think? Yes, I really do. I agree. And great to hear you mention Paul. I think very highly of him. He's one of our uh, uh, great uh, thought leader members uh, down in down in Sydney. So yeah, he's a super guy. Yeah. You've addressed this point, uh, Chris, a bit already. But is there such a thing as an ideal workplace, and how might that vary from company to company and individual to individual? Tim, that's a that's a great question. I, I'm going to say uh, I'm going to buy time on that one and say it's too early to say because you know the the impact of COVID nineteen, along with all the other uh, changes which were in 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 train, is just enormous. And like we are getting some clear line of sight of the line of travel, say say in the tech sector, and the recent announcement by Dropbox, for example, of classifying their buildings as studios and having their staff their staff work away from the office. You see the banks, they're all struggling with this new paradigm, but most of them are, be are beginning to accept that they need to think very differently. And some of them are starting to announce big restructures. But I think the big thing for all of us to uh, stand back and figure out it, we've all, you know, you and I in particular have grown up in a world where it was a one size fits all and we had standardization and homogenization. I think we're into a very, very different uh, world going forward where people will do things different over different time dimensions as well. And we haven't even started to talk about, and we won't have time in this chat to talk about the impact of uh, artificial intelligence. Right, exactly. Now, given all the trauma and disruption of COVID-19, um, you hear and I hear people everywhere saying, when can we get back? to normal. And as it relates to the office specifically, do you think we will ever get back to the old normal or are we headed rapidly toward a different normal, a new normal? Well, here again, I think we need to, to use some new language. I think we're heading to a new reality. I think we are witnessing um, what I call the dawn of work from anywhere. Offices are not going to disappear. And I think a mass return to the office is very unlikely anytime soon, no matter where you are in the world. I think the lockdown experience has made one big difference that we've never seen before, which is huge behavioral change. And I think the viability is now being prove, proven that we can work away from the office remotely at scale. And I call it the, um, the death of the principle of presenteeism. And that means that the way we work is adapting. And that also then has implications for how we in the corporate real estate sector provide these buildings and whether we need to think about it more as not a mothership anymore, but a mothership plus uh, spoke buildings, plus local buildings, plus for those who can work from home a bit at the time. I think you look at all the technology changes that were going, they've now really come of age. You know, Zoom is now part of common language. Uh, WebEx and all the others are all up there uh, with being used on a, an hourly rather than an intermittent basis. So, you know, I mean, it's COVID is just, as I said earlier, added, added rocket fuel to the fire. And I would say it's the single greatest accelerator in the world of work of change and of, of the property world, probably greater than the last hundred years. And I think 
Uh, Mark Thompson, the former CEO of the New York Times, who who's written the foreword for my book, and I'm very grateful to him for that. He talks in the foreword about the realization as a senior leader about how much work can be done without offices and the virus forcing leaders to ask themselves fundamental questions about how we work. If the C-suite are asking these questions, that means we in corporate real estate really need to think about COVID-19 is marking the end of an era for the old ways of office working. And that means we need to figure out how the new ways are going to emerge and how we can best support them. Wow, okay. Excellent thoughts there, for sure. And now on this question, Chris, it might be early days on this, but are there any occupiers you can point to? I think you mentioned a couple of companies, but are there any occupiers you can point to who seem to be leading the way in terms of some of these trends and dynamics you've been describing? Well, yeah, yeah we, we talked a little bit about this, but I think there's lots of people now beginning to, you know, as we approach Halloween and the end of the year saying, okay, we've we've figured out a, an interim game plan to get some of our business back on stream, but we now need to figure out what the next thing is. And I think there's a variety um, of the technology companies who as ever are ahead of the game. But I, I wonder about, you know, uh, mainstream sort of US corporates and anywhere around the world uh, here in Britain or in Europe or in Asia Pac, everybody is actually trying to figure out what the best way is. And the knee-jerk reaction is we need to drop our um, our footprint, reduce our footprint. And, you know, I hear loads of, uh, or have loads of calls from CFOs saying, how do we get rid of real estate? And I'm saying to them, well, that's only one part of the discussion. Where is your business going to go? And so I, I would say that it's going to take another few months for us to see real indicators of where this um where things are truly heading uh, if people are saying we're going back to try and get some degree of normality i think they're sadly mistaken exactly okay and now as we begin to wrap up any any parting thoughts well tim you know as i said you and i've been around a while um and I've always valued the ability to hook into Cornet Global to continue what I think is essential for all of us is that we have to learn something new every day. And I really see this dreadful though it may seem because it's caused huge human suffering and the economic suffering, I think is only beginning to emerge. But as with all of these things, you know, out of um, out of out of necessity comes innovation and i think that's a big opportunity for our industry to let's call it step out of the shadows to demonstrate our strategic value to get away from the the negative public perceptions i think we need to truly in, innovate we need to embrace space as a service we really need to get under under the skin and understand the people dimension but most of all, Tim, we need to focus on create, creating and operating more sustainable real estate with a much reduced carbon footprint. Okay, excellent thoughts there. Thank you. Oh, and before we uh, conclude, I did want to ask one final question, Chris. How can our listeners get a copy of Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the most important thing in one respect. But I do hope people will invest in where is my office. 
If you type in whereismyoffice.com, you will see a link of where you can get it. The book is available now here in Europe and for some strange reason doesn't become generally available in the US until December 22nd on Amazon and and um, from our publishers Bloomsbury. But whereismyoffice.com is the best place to make a connection and see where you can get it. And I appreciate all your um, support on this. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, as we conclude, uh, thanks again, Chris, for speaking with Cornet Global. You've shared some excellent insights with us, and it's always great to be with you. Thank you very much, Tim, and stay safe. This concludes this episode of What's Next. Want to record a podcast of your own? Have an idea or point of view you'd like to share? Visit CornetGlobal.org to learn more.